You all right? I'm great. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you who the hell Don't knows. Don't bleep this up. <laughs> Garage Logic Podcast number 998. Maybe. Maybe. You know what we are? Close enough. One day closer. Yeah. January Close 12th, 2023. 48 degrees on this day in 1987 and 31 below in 1912. And now from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor. You take Joe your ice. Thank you. Yeah. You take your ice cream scoop home. I did. Yeah. And it was immediately met with uh, Gabe. Picked it up and said, "This is cool. What is this?" Kevin Dunning, uh, our buddy from uh, Pre- Dunning, I'm sorry, brought those into us the other day. He's from Prescott. He he's the guy I gave the wheat pennies to. Yep. And, and Tattersall. For, yeah, and for some reason, the wheat penny is is affixed to the wooden handle. Of the ice cream scoop. Yes. We all got one, and they're very cool, and thank you. Really? My wife said, this is so cool, don't put it in the dishwasher. You'll bleep and wreck right. it. Yeah, you got to hand wash that, oh, baby. Good, good point. Okay. I, I know I visited the Sense Wens on California's <coughs> atmospheric rivers the other day, but something occurred to me, and I want to revisit that because the, uh, the news channels continue uh, to pound home the hysteria of these storms, and I, yes, I, I understand these mean nothing to you if you've got a car in your, on your living room. And, but the famous flood that we were talking about, where in the hell did I put it? Oh, for peace. I mean, oh, really? you mean if there's a car in your living room? Yeah. Okay, I got you. Took huh? me a sec. December 1861 to January 1962, beginning on Christmas Eve Day in 1861. Christmas Eve Day, 1861. It lasted for 45 days, the largest flood in California's recorded history, reaching full flood stage in different areas between January 9th and 12th. Today is the 12th, 1862. The entire Sacramento and San Joaquin Valleys were inundated for an extent of 300 miles, averaging 20 miles wide. State government was forced to relocate from the capital in Sacramento for 18 months in San Francisco. The rain created an inland sea in Orange County, lasting three weeks with water standing four feet deep up to four miles from the river. The Los Angeles Basin was flooded from the San Gabriel Mountains to the Palos Verdes Peninsula at variable depths, excluding the higher lands, which became islands until the waters receded. The Los Angeles Basin lost 200,000 cattle, as well as homes, ranches, farm crops, and vineyards being swept away. And the only reason I bring it up again is because one of the ways that we are uh, having the news gatherers reinforce hysteria Mm -hmm. is to tell us the monetary damages, which are extraordinary. But can you imagine what the monetary uh, losses would be if you had a 45-day storm today of this magnitude. Oof. Now, this one hasn't been 45 days yet. Okay. If this, if this, it probably won't last 45 days. I doubt it. But if back then, you know, the monetary damage was 
minimal compared to today's rate of the dollar. And plus fewer people. Well, nothing was there, or fewer, not as much. Probably um, not much of a power grid, uh, not, not much in the way of roads to lose, and on and on and on. But today, yes, wouldn't that be extraordinary with the number yes. of people that would be affected by a 45-day storm? The uh, amount calculated based upon inflation and the current dollar amount would be a lot. Yeah. Well, I'll use your baseball reference. In 1861, California was not tight like it is today. Right. California is tight. There's no room for any type of problem. No, but again, it's a large, glorious state. It's got more land than's been occupied. But uh, ironically, where the land is most occupied is most vulnerable to flooding. And I wonder if one of the reasons it wouldn't be worse now is because of man's attempt to control rivers and streams yes. with dams and yes. dikes and the like. And all of their reservoirs are filling back up. It's coming at a great inconvenience to people. But those people weren't there during 45 days between Christmas Eve of 1861 and whenever it con- on the 45th day of January uh, it probably even went beyond January 1862. Well, I'm just glad that most of the residents from California can rationally think that same way. No, and again, I, I, I uh, you know, if you're Alan DeGeneres and you're oh looking out the window of your $48 million place in Montecito and saying, we must be kinder to nature, uh, Alan is not aware of context. She's not aware of history and she's not capable of understanding that this has all happened before, but Alan, you didn't have your estate there on Christmas Eve, 1861. Someone I follow on social media had retweeted that Ellen video and said, I guess the only logical conclusion is we must sacrifice a virgin into a volcano, yeah. which I thought was pretty but, funny. And I'm going to stop now. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop with this because I get nowhere with it. This will mean nothing to people. A, we're here and we're not devastated by this. And B... Uh, people are uh, uh, so casually buying what they're fed by the networks that they're not going to stop and say, I wonder if they've ever had floods like this before in California. Yes. Of course they have. Well, I would encourage you to not stop because you're arming us with information and facts and that we can go out and push back on our own. That's why I've kept this. And uh, just one more that I thought was interesting, the geological evidence uh, I suppose what marks on rocks and what have you indicates that mega floods occurred in the California region in the following years: AD 212, 440, 603, 1029, 1300, 1418, 1605, 1750. Uh, in 1605, 1605, what is now present-day California was subjected to massive flooding due to an unusually powerful atmospheric river. Because, see, the way the news gatherers have staged the news lately, it's almost as though the term atmospheric river has just been invented for purposes of hysteria. They've been around since the beginning of time. And in 1605, the unusually powerful atmospheric river that swept over what is now California was called the largest flooding event of the prior 2,000 years. Wow. 
So there you have it. And I'm keeping this because these Reference. are these are great sense wins, and I just I just keep it in my pile. You know what I'm saying? I got you. <laughs> uh, how is everybody? I couldn't be here yesterday. I had to do a long dental deal. How's your Ooh. choppers? It's fine. Okay, looking good. Well, it has <laughs> nothing done. to do with how I look. I'm uh. Obviously, I got up at four Sorry, this morning. It's unfortunate. <laughs> the airport was a complete mess, but we got through it. Can I? Can we spend a, a minute or two on that? What? Nope. So the FAA decides. Okay, and and John, I know you'll find this shocking, but I didn't really go that deep into the the details. <laughs> I just wanted to read the headline and uh, and create an outrageous take. So the FAA yesterday morning, early yesterday morning, says, you know what? We got to shut her down. We got to ground everybody because uh, the computer's all bleeped up. Yep. And the guy that's in charge of all that Did on the federal level, uh, oh, oh yeah, your guy Pete Buttigieg. He's about as incompetent when it comes to that as anyone humanly possible. But but look who Biden has installed in cabinet positions. Thank you. They they don't necessarily reflect any expertise in that given field. Because several people were pointing out the the number one and number two issues related to the FAA, which inclusive language and we can't right. have. It, it's, right. What, what? No wonder you're having so many problems. Everything feels backwards. Backwards and upside down. Yeah. Everything feels upside down. Inclusive language in the FAA manual. Listen to this gal who uh, doesn't want her name used. Her subject matter is, what happened? What the hell happened? (laughs) What happened? As you continue discussion on the failed academy that is Hamlin, well, it isn't even a failed academy anymore. I contend that Hamlin no longer exists as a school. I can't help but think back to my freshman year at the College of St. Benedict 24 years ago, which I'm going to pause right there. 24 years ago isn't that long ago. Right. Right. I grew up on a dairy farm in central Minnesota. Only child, raised Catholic. Was I a bit sheltered and a tad naive? You bet. As freshmen, we were required to take a symposium class. One assignment in that class was to read a book about an individual or group having a different life experience than our own. We then presented a report to the class of the book we read. Our professor created a list of books, put the book titles on scraps of paper, tossed them into a basket, and we each randomly pulled a book to read. My selection? Becoming a Man, Half a Life Story. (laughs) I remember two things about this book. Number one, it was a story of, of a young gay man learning about and coming into himself as a young gay man. And two, one particular scene in which he learned more about himself with himself. Needless to say, the scene was a bit graphic. Got it. I bet. As a sheltered, naive 18-year-old, was I disturbed and more than a bit uncomfortable reading this book? Certainly. But being the good farm kid that I was, I knew better than to complain about the task at hand. I read the book and muscled through my presentation in front of the class because that was my responsibility as a student. Complaining to my professor or going to the dean to demand the professor be fired did not even enter my realm of thinking. Not sure when I'm I'm not sure where I'm going with this recollection other than other than to wonder again what happened? What happened to our society? Our culture that has triggered such inept boldness, such a desire to play the role of victim, finger put in control. Is all this a ploy? Is there some underlying plan? 
or is it simply due to a deadly combination of ego and insanity? I believe it was Reavers who noted it's as if everything is upside down. That's the truth. Everything is upside down, backwards, and then back again. In one minute, I can stumble upon a video reel on Facebook where a young couple is more than willing to seemingly can apricots and record that for all to see. The next minute, I can read about students, such as the one at Hamlin, who simply want to play the role of victim, canceling anyone who does not nod in agreement to their whims. Well, I wish I was as eloquent as other GLers. I think you are. But just wanted to share my thoughts. While I have you, thanks to you and each and every one of you. I truly appreciate the podcast and your cast of five. Listening to the podcast is one of the highlights of my day. Thank you and take care. Well, thank you. What was the first name of that person? She doesn't want her name Oh, I'm used. sorry. Lisa. I think what she's asking is... What happened? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> Do that again. Right. What happened? Nothing. 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 I told you guys, I saw the Stooges in an airport. In Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. They do the whole routine? No, but they it were was so sad, sad looking. Sad. They were, they were oh. busking, weren't they? No. Doing they a little number with their hats on the no, ground? No, they might as well have been. They were just, <laughs> they were so sad uh, looking. Uh, given uh, another Hamlin note, uh, this is from, who's this from? Chris. I was loading the old wood stove in my shop today, listening to your Monday podcast while gobs of white smoke spewed from my chimney as it warmed my shed. As I gleefully went about my business, the topic of Hamlin University and the dismissal of an adjunct professor of art history began to follow my mood. The mayor asked the question if there were any GLers out there who consider themselves garage, if there were any Hamlin people out there who consider themselves garage logicians. I am proud to report that there are Hamlin graduates who have not surrendered their God-given common sense and completely reject the nonsense and doublespeak following the milk toast administration currently in place. Flowing from the milk toast administration currently in place. You further ask what those of us who used to be proud of where we went to school have done to make it known we are not happy with the direction Hamlin has taken. I have attached a copy of an email I sent to President Miller to underscore just how I feel and hope it is representative of many other pipers out there who have not completely taken leave of our common sense. Keep pushing back. This battle is too important to surrender without a fight. And then I read his email, which said he's disappointed. And thank you. Thank you. Did you see the letter today to the paper? From the former president of Hamlin I, University. I did, yeah. Yeah. She yeah. Uh, she also says the university screwed up. Well, but well, that won't change anything. Though, no, no. She's, uh, right. You know. And we have... Basically corroborating everything else that... Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Where is it? Where did I put it? I think it's over there. Uh, shoot. I had some news of... Uh, here it is. Steve Letting writes... Uh, Wednesday, CARE Minnesota, Minnesota chapter of the Council of American Islamic Relations, said they agreed with the university's decision to not renew the instructor's contract. In fairness, there have been some Muslim groups that have thought it was foolish to can that teacher. Right. This is CARE, though, Council on American Relations. Uh, Relations. American Islamic Relations. Islamophobia takes many forms. CARE Minnesota Executive Director Jelani Hussein said, 
It's important to remember that academic freedom is not absolute. Well, not in your country, ding dong, but it is here. (laughs) And universities have the right to restrict speech that promotes hate or discrimination. No, they have a right to restrict yelling fire in a crowded theater. The Muslim Public Affairs Council issued a statement in support for the professor and urged the university to reverse the decision, saying, in part, the painting was not Islamophobic. In fact, it was commissioned by a 14th century Muslim king in order to honor the prophet. Misusing the label Islamophobia has the negative effect of watering down the term and rendering it less effective in calling out actual acts of bigotry. We received a statement from Hamlin University President Fainese Miller. In part, she said the art instructor was not let go or fired and taught the class to the end of the term. The decision not to offer her another class was made at the unit level and in no way reflects on her mm. ability to adequately, adequately that's, teach the class. That's BS. That's just nonsense. That's you're, BS. Phineas yep. Miller, you're the president of nothing. Yeah. You're, you're just the president of nothing. You have no school. The CARE group would, would love all Americans of all stripes and colors to bow down and obey their dictates on our lives, right? right. And Which we're not going to. Which is just as absurd as us saying that all Muslims or Indians from the country should bow down and obey the fundamentalist Christians. You know what I'm saying? I think I do. There's a freedom of religion thing going here, and I don't have to... I don't have to kiss your ass, and I, I don't have to follow your rules. Don't. And all of this was on tape, and the teacher gave a long-winded speech beforehand and a big, big warning, and it was in her syllabus, and all of this is on the student, and none of this is on the teacher. And I'm beginning to wonder if it wasn't planned. Of course. I'm beginning to wonder if the, the ungrateful student didn't intend for this to happen all along. Because hmm. you were given a uh, warning, lady, and you shoot it. Yeah. Why don't we take a short break, and I'm going to come back and tell you about what's going to happen to your gas stove. I think Kenny's going to say something bad. Barely hear that in the mix. Uh, oh, yeah. look, there they are on Old Eight in New Brighton. Full service gun shop, wide selection, pistols, revolvers, ammo, accessories. We're talking DK mags, of course. They've got holsters, magazines, suppressors, everything you can think of. And if you have a special firearm you've been dreaming about, but you can't seem to find anywhere, you only find it on the internet. Get in touch with DK Mags. They'll assist you. They can help you track it down and purchase the item. It'll be delivered right to their shop where you go pick it up. It's wonderful. And uh, on the reverse, if you have a firearm you just don't want want anymore and you think it might be worth something, give DK Mags a call. They might buy it from you, a single unit or a whole estate. It doesn't matter. Check out the website, dkmags.com. Uh, but keep in mind now, if you're shopping around, the website does not list what's in the store. For that, you're going to have to stop in or give them a call. Great selection, fair prices, a wonderful staff, 
And that's at DK Mags on Old 8 in New Brighton and up in Monticello at Monticello Pawn and Gun. DKMags.com. There's been uh, quite a few pieces uh, suggesting that the uh, gas stove might not be long for the United States. Whoa. Uh, Why? What's going on? We currently have a gas stove. I happen to know that. That that beats the years when I was given a (laughs) 50-50 chance. We have a gas stove, and the uh, Consumer Product Safety Commission, Commissioner Richard Trumka, uh, or is he with the Environmental Protection Agency? It doesn't make any difference. Uh, first of all, I don't think gas stoves will be banned. You don't? Here's what I think happens. Uh, the government's so big and is infused with so many people from the failed academy who have to dream up some reason to exist okay. that they, they shoot these trial balloons up in the air. And they say, well, there's childhood asthma linked to gas stoves, and and they cause pollutants, and uh, uh, we don't know it's that. hurting the earth, and we must do something about this. <laughs> and then they they realize, well, you're addressing a nation of, what are we, 320 million people? Something like that. Uh, many of whom use gas stoves to cook. And uh, when you hit, when you get into the kitchen like that, there is pushback. There is pushback, and people are not going to accept this nonsense. Uh, plus, uh, gas. I read a really great Ray of Hope piece yesterday that gas and oil production is flourishing in the United States, which is which is in itself a pushback because it suggests the American consumer is not buying the BS that's coming from the government. We need gas. We need oil. Yep. And we don't need your government cars. So they don't work. For those GLers that are just hearing this for the first time, what exactly are the reasons that they're shopping this idea around to ban them? Asthma in kids and pollutants. That's it? Yeah. Huh. And it would just be one more thing that some some low-level uh, worker uh, fired off the trial balloon and said, hey, let's try to attack gas stoves. And I, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. I, we have to start looking at some of this for what it is. It's absolute nonsense. Well, I, the great thing about Americans is we're going to do whatever the hell we want, and that America. includes gas stoves and electric cars. Well, you're going to do whatever you want until the government forbids the production of gas. I'm going to do what Reverend Tim said on I don't Twitter. have an answer for that. My gas stove now identify as electric. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did he say that? Yeah, he really did that. <laughs> I'm with Tim. I, oh, that's so good. I, now yeah. that I, I finally worked up to the point where I actually know that we have a gas stove, <laughs> right. and I, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting rid of You've it. You've spent all this time researching. I did. What I do you got? Out. We got gas. Yep. Anyway, I did, uh, I did see a follow-up story, Joe, that backs you up on this because yeah. the U.S. Consumer Pro- Product Safety Commission head mm-hmm. said, "No, we're we're not getting rid of gas stoves. Don't worry about that." Yeah. So, uh, but so you're, you got two different departments going. But right. the hypocrisy is to the point where, and I don't know who to give this credit to. There was a photo with little stills of Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, and all these idiots all cooking on their. You know, they were doing a segment with James Corden or whatever. Bacon a pie. Well, they're all hypocrites. Mm-hmm. Well, they might have been using an electric stove. No, it was all gas. Was you it, could see in the back background. Yeah. Yeah. 
What was the origin? You were, you were purchasing a new one? Is that what the deal was? Yeah, it was time for a new store. We went to someplace. <laughs> Sears, was it? No, didn't uh, Dayton's used to have a home store? Yes. And we went there, and the guy said, what do you got, gas or electric? And she summoned me and said, tell him. Tell him what we got. <laughs> what do we have? I had tell a 50% him, chance, 50, 50, and I got yeah. it wrong. And you got she's, it wrong. Yeah. She's like the four of us in one person. <laughs> <laughs> Everything we know, we learned from her. <laughs> hey, hey, come here. Hey, come tell him the here. guy wants yeah. to know what we got. Tell him. I have an electric so stove, awesome. and I'll say this. You get the weird burn marks from stuff that spills over, and they're hard to clean. Yeah, razor blade. Yeah. Or, oh, um, yeah. Poor there's boy. Uh, I know, it's a first world problem. You used to get it at Sears. It's a glass top cleaner, and it's really good. Mm. Uh, yeah, thanks. I got this from a mole. <laughs> That's me. I got this from a mole who uh, we all know. This is what happens when you elect socialists to the city council. In a city with some serious crime and related issues, spending time on something like this. You've mentioned Robin Wansley in the past. She checks all the boxes. She's the first black Democratic socialist on the Minneapolis City Council. Her politics are fine. She just has issues with the politics of a company owner who won a bid for work that will save taxpayers more than a million dollars. Minneapolis council members have raised concerns this week about a city contractor whose owner ran for governor of Wisconsin as a republic. And Robin Wansley uh, does not want that. She raised concerns about Michael's corporation work on the construction of the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, Michael said the 2020 election was maybe stolen and that decertifying the election results would be on the table if he was elected governor, according to the Wisconsin State Journal. Deputy City Attorney Eric Nielsen said the city is required by state law to take the lowest bidder for the contract. In this case, that company underbid a competitor $3.6 million to $5.4 million. Oh. And, uh, but, Robin, uh, the, uh, the Mysterians cannot compartmentalize. She can't set aside the fact that this guy ran for governor and had thoughts she didn't like. The fact is, his company came in with the best bid for them you to got, use. Yeah, Pete. Oh, we're talking. We're, this isn't just any company, Such. This mm -hmm. is Michaels. Mm -hmm. This is one of the biggest contractors around. They have done a lot of work for a lot of Americans mm -hmm. and cities and states. Well, they're going to have to jump through Robin Wamsley's Wamsley's hoops. Because she knows best, and she's, uh, well, I, I can't take it. Everything's upside down. I, can this be real? Can this Does be real? From what the do they fifth? want, some take hippie in a Grateful Dead van to right. install with their a, sewer pipes? With a coal shovel. <laughs> Jesus, what the hell is wrong with them? <laughs> we uh, have a story from the New York Post. The University of Southern California's social work, oh, I'm sorry, the University of Southern California School of Social Work will no longer use the word field in its curriculum. Oh, huh. this sounds offensive, huh? Well, it has racist connotations. Oh, here, my God. Field? USC Suzanne Dwarak Peck, School of Social Work, said the change was critical to support anti racist social work and inclusivity. Hmm. And I'm, I'm willing to believe this is not real, but it's the New York Post. Are they having fun with me? The department specifically decided to remove the, world, the word field from its curriculum and replace it with practicum 
according to the letter, which was dated Jan 9 and shared to Twitter. This change supports anti-racist social work practice by replacing language that would be considered anti-black or anti-immigrant in favor of inclusive language. Hmm? The letter continued, language can be powerful in phrases such as going into the field or field work may have connotations for descendants of slavery and immigrant workers who are not benign. I don't know what they mean by not benign. USC says they are joining other universities across the nation and making changes to their institution to honor and acknowledge inclusion and reject white supremacy, anti-immigrant, and anti-blackness ideologies. We are committed to further align our actions, behaviors, and practices with anti-racism and anti-oppression, which requires taking a close and critical look at our profession, our history, our biases, and our complicity in past and current injustices, USC said in the letter. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it USC, the one where all the celebrities went to prison for getting their kids in illegally? Wasn't that also USC? A commentator wrote, uh, and I'm not going to quote Twitter comments because I find them problematic, but one Twitter commenter touched on what we now understand. This is just a fancy way of revealing that the organization is overstaffed. What have I told you? Yeah, You've got so many administrators... With meaningless jobs. Looking for something to do. And if they are tasked with making sure students are comfortable, they will dream up ways in which they believe students are uncomfortable, thus depriving these students of anything even remotely resembling an education. So you've got... You know, Stanford, we learned, has 15,000 administrators. God only knows what USC has. God only knows what right? USC has. Thank you. Yep. And, and, and that commentator is correct. Uh, this, is, this is symbolic of them having too many people on the payroll who don't have anything to do. And plus, these people, when they pronounce that something could make someone uncomfortable. A, they don't know that. And B, all they're doing is darkening the earth. I am reading a wonderful opinion piece in the Washington Examiner. Let me uh, quote um, one paragraph here. USC should be required to show the data it used to make such a change. How did it arrive that this word was insulting to people? Where did it obtain such data? It should be held accountable for making such claims and forced to prove them. Common sense would dictate that very few, if any, black people or immigrants are bothered by the word field. In reality, none of them care about this type of thing. Here's where the earth gets darkened, because these are dark people. They, they, they have nowhere else to go. Right. You mean black souls, dark souls. Dark, not clouds not, hanging over not them. Not skin tone, just right. dark people. Right. They see only darkness, but they're fated to see only darkness because what they're tasked with takes them in that direction. So here's why they're dark. They poison the rest of us. Have you ever in your life 
use the word field and thought of picking cotton? No. No. Either no. have I. No. no. Sometimes I think about picking rocks, um, but we do that now with a skid loader. Does so USC a have easier. a football team that plays on a field? Oh. Or will that have to change? Will that, yeah. And what about all the other... John, look up the definition of field, please. I actually did that Okay, you thank were... you, Chris. The origin, Joe, is an open area of land, especially uh, one that may be planted with crops or a pasture typically bounded by hedges or fences. It has nothing to do with slavery. Nothing. But when you are a dark person and when you are a, a, an administrator who has nothing to do, you dream this up out of whole cloth. And you darken the rest of us. You darken the world of the kids you think you're protecting, and you darken the rest of us. You poison. This is called power washing. USC this plays. is an example of power washing. Would you like the LA Memorial Coliseum? Well, I know where they play. Oh. Would you like the old English origin? No. I, 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 that, Joe, is also I denoting a large tract of open country. <laughs> right. The point, the larger point is... We shouldn't have to put up with these absurdities. Larry's outraged. We shouldn't have to put up with these absurdities. <laughs> and uh, and they are absurdities and they are darkness. They are How come a, they don't acknowledge evil? They don't acknowledge all the farmers of say European descent or Asian descent. They no. they don't acknowledge them whatsoever. And all they're doing is clinging desperately to racism. Just clinging trying to, to it. keep it alive. Trying to keep it alive because yep. it's one of the reasons they're employed. They have nothing to do. <laughs> this this, this op-ed piece. One more, Joe. Just hang with me. Only an overeducated, self-righteous, left-wing academic elitist would think something uh, think of something like this. It is an outlandish statement and indicative of the intellectual rot that plagues universities throughout the country. Right, and I haven't heard no. any of these uh, opinion writers nail it the way we have. This no, is, this guy's nailing it. This guy's but, nailing but it. But they're tasked with making students comfortable. Well, first of all, they don't know how to, and in so doing, they're ruinous. Right. They're just ruinous people. They're screwing it up. Hamlin is a ruinous institution now. USC is ruinous. Have I'm re been... reading a piece from the Daily Trojan, which is the you know the yeah. paper uh, that, and they talk to students who think it's ridiculous, including, uh, for instance, Ryland Jimenez, whose family grew up working fields. He said, "I think this is all a bit ridiculous." And another student says, "Well, if they're going to do that at the same time, why are we calling it working in a master's program?" So well, that'll change. Yeah, wow. that'll change. I the are not a few are, but not very many. I want to know how the, all the kids from Minnesota that spent their youth detasseling corn feel about this. I don't want to go into that detasseling BS again. The de the tassel is a little hat on top of the hair of corn, hat. a little cap, and you take that off, and then Bing Bing tassel. And, and according to Reavers, according yeah, to Reavers, they take it off so the cows don't get it in their teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Did I? I never said. That. I think you did. Well, that's what the emails tell me, Chris. <laughs> I said that? USC is a private school. I said that? Yes. So uh, they might get away with this or not get away with it. Did you see where Stanford, we've had that, Stanford completely backed off their yeah. 
It's gone. Revised language. Sixty-two darkness. grand a year to go to USC. Uh, Oof. Hell, Yikes. that's probably cheap compared to some places. You're, you know what? You're probably right. Uh, just a note on my sense wins because I love them well, so, and you know how wait, I have feared be, that they'll disappear. Yes? Before you move on, Joe, yes, we, sh- yes. we should be keeping a master list. Wait, we probably can't use the word master. A master list of everything that has been, as you say, power washed yeah. in the words we can't use. You know, it'd be fu- it'd be fun to revisit that list at the end of the year. Not Lynch, only that, remember Lynch? Remember that one? Oh, that was yeah. the guy, the Seattle? farmer named Lynch, who gave the land for oh, schools was, in yeah. Oregon, and then hail the flashlight king. Hail you! Hail you. Oh, God. From Lauren. Yeah. Uh, up in Duluth, I have noticed starting January 1, the National Weather Service in Duluth has changed its daily climate records they transmit over NOAA radio. The year of the record high and low of each day is now omitted and never mentioned. Snowfall year records are still mentioned. Could this be so the listener will no longer be able to figure out the same points you point out every day? What a disservice to the public. Wonder if the NWS in the Twin Cities is doing this the same way. Have a great day from Duluth, Lauren. Oh, I fear, I fear that it'll catch up to me and I won't be able to find that storm in California yeah. from Christmas Eve 1861 through January of 1862. I fear it, but I, uh, so far so good. I can continue to point out the record highs and record lows. Why don't we come back with Mr. Let me Height? Just, let me just tell you this, though. Uh, the endowment for USC, yeah. $8.1 billion. Well, you're a sap to give them money. And their breakdown, Asians... 19.3%. Mm-hmm. Black, African-American, 58 Hispan- All of whom worked in the fields. Right. Hispanic, 15.3%. White, 24.8%. International, 26.6%. That's their highest. Hmm. Very well, diverse. good luck to them. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back with Mr. Height. What are you yeah. eating? Protein bar. Wow. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. It's the winter whiteout sale going on right now at Maple Grove Lock and Safe, which is making sure it's going to be a white January with a big sale on white safes. The Centurion, the USA, and the Colonial Safes from Liberty Safes. How much? I know. You want to know right away. How much? How much? How much? Well, just hold on. How much? First of all, a few <laughs> facts. Uh, made in the USA, transferable lifetime warranty, best fire protection in the whole wide world, and professional delivery and installation courtesy of Rich. Okay, here's your numbers. Uh, if you're interested in the Centurion 24, that's $300. Each save 300 bucks. 329 329 on the USA 36, and $795 on the Colonial 50 during the winter whiteout sale at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. They're all white gloss, hence the name. Uh, Anyway, you've got to hook up with Rich. He's the owner of Maple Grove Lock and Safe, 6901 East Fish Lake Road, and save up to $795. That's amazing. Uh, You can see all the details and all the safes at Maple... uh, Maple Come on, buddy. How much? Come on, How much? Buddy. I out. wrote down Maple Woodlock and Safe. <laughs> well, you know, I don't think they have a store. I think Rich would prefer I say Maple Grove Lock and Safe. Highway 61 um, days, huh? What a dumb dumb. Oh, my so word. They, they moved, huh, Kenny? Yeah. I guess. Wow. <laughs> New location. Here is John Height. 
Thank you, Joe. Well, Minneapolis is off to a violent start of the year. There's yeah. still confidence at City Hall that the city's on the right path. Wait, Since, wait. Yeah, yes, yes. Since yeah. January 1st, I shouldn't laugh. More than 20 people have been shot. Police have started two homicide investigations, which includes two quadruple shootings where everyone is expected to survive. The violent start follows a productive year to curb crime. There were 14 fewer homicides in 2022 than the year before at 79, and for the first time since 2019, nearly every category of violent crime improved. And Joe, we're hearing from Dr. Cedric Alexander. You said we hadn't heard from him in a while. I have a uh, comment about him when you're done. Okay. He's the new commissioner, of course, of Minneapolis's Office of Community Safety. He said, quote, as it relates to public safety itself, we really have to just keep our foot on the gas and continue to drive forward and bring the community with us. 2023 will be Alexander's first full year in the position. A couple focuses he has, he says, are strengthening relationships and continuing to reduce violent crime. Well, the future of Operation Endeavor has never been made clear by the Minneapolis Police Department and city leaders. Alexander told our buddies at Five Eyewitness News it will continue into the new year. I have, I finally have his nickname. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, there's Cedric the Entertainer. Right. Cedric sure. the Mentertainer. Cedric the Mentertainer. The Mentertainer. No, no. Yeah. That was a good try. Cedric, uh, you'll recall that I was rooting for Cedric when he he said something to the effect that he was a bit outraged at discovering what violence interrupters were getting paid, but they couldn't be reached. And how do we, how do you even determine if they're accomplishing anything? Does anybody recall that? I sure do. And then Cedric fell off the face of the earth. Never right. heard from him again until just this recently. Mm-hmm. And I saw him interviewed by Five Eyewitness News last night uh, yep. using the quotes John just had. And uh, Cedric has settled uh, comfortably into the meaningless boilerplate nonsense. Life on the third rail? That just doesn't accomplish anything. I, I was rooting hard for Cedric. And uh, he's now as complicit as the rest of them in not knowing the right hand doesn't well, know what the left hand is doing. And he was saying that the violence interrupters are doing good work, and there's yeah. there's really no way to even demonstrate well, Joe, that. Joe, yeah, credit t- them with success of the yeah. uh, program. Which is right. nonsense. We are 12 days into the new year, and yeah. we have a record to break. Only 20 have been shot. Right, we That's got a record one. to break. Point six per day. That's only 20. But keep this in mind, ladies and gentlemen. This is the slow time of the year for this. You know it'll solve yeah, this? Right. Reparations will solve this. Oh my God. Who's paying? Everybody? Everybody should Throw pay. Throw them all in there? I don't know what you do about the months, yeah. man. They're getting a bad deal. Come on. Yeah. Well, if we're that throwing... number was 22, we'd be at two a day. We, we I think we can improve. Yeah, we could. We, we got to yeah. get up to two a day. Yeah. All right, so let's see. Uh, we're le- 20 shot in 12 days. Yeah. And we're letting rapists out of jail. Yeah. Uh, that's been a banner oh, okay. couple of weeks for we're Minneapolis. Okay. We're going to be fine. <laughs> No sportsman show, though. No. Because people are afraid to come downtown. We got the plants and stuff, though, over at, I saw at uh, the convention center. We got there a whole show or something? something. There's plants. an RV show Maybe going a garden on. show or something. Our, there's an RV show. Is I that what it was? That's in St. Paul. They're going to have yeah, an okay. RV show. Yeah. Huh. Okay. God help you. Donald Blom, the man convicted in the 1999 killing of convenience store clerk Katie Poyer in a case that shook Minnesota, has died while serving his prison of life without his prison sentence of life without parole. The 73-year-old Blom died Tuesday in the state's maximum security prison at Oak Park Heights. They're calling it an unexpected, I'm sorry, an expected natural cause of death. Yeah, he'll be greatly missed. 
Yeah. Corrections officials sent Blom to a Pennsylvania prison for his own safety soon after his conviction in 2000. He later served time at both Oak Park Heights and a medium security prison in Faribault. The uh, Richfield man was accused of kidnapping 19-year-old Katie Poyer of Barnum from DJ's Expressway Conoco on Interstate 35 in Moose Lake, where she was working alone. The abduction was caught on a chilling security video that was shown repeatedly on TV stations at the time. Blama, convicted sex offender, admitted to strangling her and burning her body on his vacation property near Moose Lake. Authorities determined the charred bone fragments and tooth that they recovered from his fire pit were Poyer's. He maintained his trial testimony and in unsuccessful God. appeals that the confession he gave authorities was coerced. But the Minnesota Supreme Court concluded his confession was voluntary and he had knowingly waived any claim to having it suppressed. I hope it was a long and painful death. That was 1999, I think we lost her. Yep. It was, yep, 1999. We should have turned uh, her grandpa loose on him. Her, her grandpa wanted to tear him from limb to limb. We well, should have let that happen. I absolutely should have. University of Minnesota officials have closed the Northrop building on the Twin Cities campus after part of the roof collapsed overnight. Jeez. Damage can be seen from the area surrounding the building, and engineers will be assessing just how much damage has been done, according to the university. No word on what caused the collapse. As of this time, access to the building has been closed off, as well as two nearby parking garages. No performances are scheduled for the auditorium until at least Saturday. The nearly 100-year-old building first opened in 1929. In 2014, the auditorium was reopened to the public after a three-year renovation project. If you're looking for a new pet, Minneapolis Animal Care and Control might be a good place to start. As of yesterday, the study has said it needs help finding homes for animals in its shelter because they've now reached capacity, with 98 animals being housed. Officials say that's a 47% increase from this time last year, which turned out to be a record year for the department. In just the past 11 days, city officials say 139 animals were brought to the animal care and control. The department is now looking for anyone who wants to adopt or foster dogs or cats, especially experienced dog handlers. The city says all adoption fees are still waived and animals are already completely vaccinated, sterilized, microchipped, and they are ready to be adopted. Attorney General Merrick Garland this afternoon said he has now appointed former federal prosecutor Robert Herr as special counsel to investigate the discovery of classified government records at the private home and office of President Joe Biden. Garland's announcement came hours after Biden and his lawyer said a second batch of classified documents recently had been found in a garage in the president's private home in Wilmington, Delaware. A first batch of classified documents had been found on November 2nd by lawyers for the president in an office in a Washington think tank that Biden has used while a private citizen. Garland previously had assigned John Lausch, the U.S. attorney for Chicago, to handle the inquiry. But according to a senior Department of Justice official, it's not a decision Garland made likely. The regulations could not be more clear that based on the facts that made the U.S. attorney launch his initial investigation, an appointment of a special counsel is required. Uh, Garland in November, of course, appointed another former federal prosecutor, Jack Smith, as a special counsel to oversee two criminal investigations of former President Donald Trump. One of those probes focused on whether Trump violated federal law requiring presidents to turn over government records to the National Archives and Records Administration. FBI agents during an August raid on Trump's home and his Mar-a-Lago club found thousands of government records, hundreds of which had classified markings on them. I was at an event last night where a woman had b- bought, brought some freshly baked 
chocolate cookie she made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were shaped like a star, and they had a Hershey kiss in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And holy mackerel, I loaded up my pockets. Really? Like yeah. Dan Aykroyd? Yeah, and then when I got home, I put them on the counter. Boy, were they good. Sounds like uh, I don't think <laughs> you need to get out more, sir. Good story. Yeah. You got any more of those? I thought you were about to make an analogy between what happened with former President Trump and President Biden, and he's talking about. I didn't have any uh, way to wrap them up, so I. Just throw them in the pocket. Just put them in my pocket. Uh, You know, that's straight out of the Bud Grant playbook. That uh, previous story you had about the dogs, John, you said those things have trackers on them. Yeah, everything microchipped and everything already. Uh, microchipped, that's the phrase I was looking for. Maybe we should take a pool among GLers and maybe uh, throw in and maybe wow. have Such microchipped. Huh? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I think we're at that point where maybe. <laughs> where is he? Look at him. He's stealing cookies from his lady. He's putting them in his shirt pocket. Right. Yeah. yeah. We're, Damn, we're they're good. Have somebody follow Joe around next time. Who's the hobo stealing cookies? Yeah. We are one step closer to that. <laughs> Inflation closed out 2022 at a modest retreat with consumer prices in December posting their biggest monthly decline since early in the pandemic, according to the Labor Department. The Consumer Price Index, which measures the cost of a broad basket of goods and services, fell 0.1% for the month in line with the Dow Jones estimate. That equated to the largest month-over-month decrease since April of 2020, as much of the country was in lockdown to combat COVID at that time. A steep drop in gasoline responsible for most of the monthly decline line. Prices at the pump tumbled 9.4% for the month or down 1.5% from a year ago. I noticed them going back up. Yeah, really? I'm up to 319. Yeah, know. that's what I paid, 319 I, yesterday. I paid 284 yesterday. Yeah, you go to some wilderness place. You're all, everything you do Costco. is better than us. Yeah. Costco, everything. come on. Yeah. Everything you Costco. do, yeah. you're better. Join a Costco, mm-hmm. dummies. I'm not a member. Of, of what? Costco. <laughs> You can get gas at Costco without being a member. Just, I didn't know that. I thought you I'd just, just turned away. Can, yeah, but you unfortunately, you have, to, you have to drive to Coon Rapids. I wouldn't so. want to be a member of any store that would have me as a member. Thanks, Groucho. Yeah. A waka waka. <laughs> a major death in the world of music and guitar. Now, this is going to take a while. Sorry. I want it to take a while. Jeff Beck dying from bacterial meningitis yesterday at the age of 78. Too young. Uh, too young, yeah. Beck, one of the most influential guitarists of his generation, and he covered a lot of ground. In 1965, when he joined the Yardbirds to replace another guitar hero, Eric Clapton, the group was already one of the defining acts in Britain's growing electric blues movement. But his licks and darting leads over songs like Shapes of Things and Over Under Sideways Down added a new element to the music that helped signal the emerging psychedelic rock revolution. Three years later, when Beck formed his own band, later known as the Jeff Beck Group, along with Rod Stewart, then little-known singer at the time, and the equally obscure Ron Wood on bass, the weight of the music created an early template for heavy metal. Specifically, the band's 1968 debut, Truth, provided a blueprint for another former Yardbirds guitarist, Jimmy Page. Uh, He drew on that band to found Led Zeppelin, and in fact did a couple covers, not surprisingly, that basically stole everything. Note for note. Right. What was his uh, Rod Stewart connection? Because Rod Stewart uh, said he basically brought him over to America. R- Rod Stewart was in the Jeff Beck group, as I just said, Rook. Oh, okay. Hold on. So that's is the it connection. Just, he was the lead singer of the Jeff Beck group. Guys, is it just me, um, but Ronnie and Jeff and Rod 
they look an awfully lot alike. Yes. Like they could have been triplets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he formed a sort of, like I said, this is a long, I'm not quitting this one. Keep going. Formed, Keep going. He had a sort of a super group in the early 70s with bassist Tim Bogart and drummer Carmen Apice. Uh, he was restless, demanded that group, disbanded that group after only one record. Then in 1975, Beck began his solo career with, well, one of the best albums ever, Blow by Blow. Yep. Reconfigured the essential formula of the era's fusion movement, tipping the balance of its influences from jazz to rock and funk, in the process creating a sound that was both startlingly new and highly successful, became a top five LP and sold a million or more copies. It contains his unbelievably great take on a song Stevie Wonder wrote for him. That song, Cause We've Ended As Lovers, universally considered one of the finest guitar instrumentals of the past 50 years. It'll make Back you action- cry. It'll make oh, you yeah. cry. Every emotion uh, he rings out of that guitar in that yep. song, that's possible. Yep. Beck actually knew Wonder from working on the Wonder album Talking Book, which he added a brilliant solo to Wonder's song Looking for Another Pure Love. Wonder actually wrote Superstition for Beck, oh. but Wonder and the heads of Motown realized it would be a big hit, so they kept it. And then Wonder wrote the other song, because we've ended as lovers as a sort of payback for Beck. In the years that followed, he mined lots of genres, including electronica during one phase, always hiring great musicians, always putting on great shows, always getting the admiration of peers everywhere. He was often called the guitarist's guitarist. Not as much popularity sales-wise, although he did sell plenty of records. Again, Jeff Beck was 78 years old, still playing great as of about three weeks ago, by the way. Really? Why did his death hit me more than others, oh, I wonder? It just doubled me over. Yeah. The, I uh, always had young. a soft spot for the guy. He was question, 78. Yeah. Question for you, John. His approach to music was kind of a don't look back approach, and it reminds me a, a lot of Miles. Did those two yeah. ever play together? Not that I am aware of, no. Can you imagine? Um, I did want to amplify that story. When I saw I saw Jeff Beck twice, once in 89 at Northrop. Uh, I was and, at that show, John. Well, all he did then was his current album. Mm-hmm. He didn't do anything else, and somebody in the front row yelled "Yardbirds," oh. and he was sta- he was standing at the mic, and he started laughing, and he played that intro lick from and then he just started laughing and stopped and walked away. <laughs> perfect, so, perfect. Uh, yeah, was it Reavers was always, in the front row yelling "Yardbirds"? Uh, probably, yeah. yeah. He was quite the car guy. Did you know that? Yes. Did yeah. he have his license? He's the son of an accountant and a mother who worked in a chocolate factory. Oh, wow. What he, was uh, it? I know what you're seeing. Yeah. You're seeing Ethel and Lucy. I'm seeing mom. I'm seeing yep. mom. I'm coming to work with you. Yep. He loved, uh, what was it, the 32 Ford Coupe? Hey, he was a hot rod yeah. guy. Yeah. Was yeah. it the 32 or 37? Yeah. One of those. Yeah. I saw a great quote this morning where, uh, because all of his buddies, you know, they got all the fancy sports cars and stuff, and he said he tried to talk Clapton into getting rid of all of his Italian cars, but he never could. He said, yeah. go get some American, old American cars and get rid of all those Italian sports cars. One but, side note you forgot about that Northrop show. Who is he playing with, John? Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Have a show. Yeah. What's the yeah. uh, the other time you saw Jeff Beck, John? Yeah. Thanks, Chris. That was uh, that would have been nineteen. <laughs> I looked it up last night because people I know from uh, Mandan, North Dakota, started asking me questions about that uh, on Facebook, and it was June twenty seventh, nineteen seventy six, in Fargo, and it was uh, he was the second of or third of four acts. Fleetwood Mac was the headline act, 
and uh, on the way there, John may have uh, may have imbibed a little more. I wasn't driving. You I were was overserved. Yeah, I, I was overserved, and it was a daytime concert. So by the time I got there, I watched the first couple acts who were Henry Gross and Pat Travers, and then oh, I he's good. I, then, then I fell asleep. Yeah. No, nobody bothered to wake me up for much of Jeff Beck, so I missed most of Jeff Beck. Boy, and I woke boy. up in time I for flutes. Sorry. I'm sorry to yeah, say I may have been in that kind of position myself a few times. On occasion? Yeah, yep, that's, that's very interesting. All well, right. That's the only yeah. reason why, because I knew that story about John. Yeah, that's Chris has heard that story what is, uh, That John, doesn't those, sound those, like a good illness to have, bacterial John, meningitis. No. Mm. The, John, those steps at First Avenue that lead up to the balcony, yeah. those are awfully comfortable if you get sleepy. Oh, no. <laughs> awfully comfortable. Where's the soul man? Staircase. <laughs> I uh, I understand. Uh, before I you bring up another story, John, the uh, president sure. um, had a little press conference a few. I did see that a few, yes. a few moments ago, and uh, Peter Ducey's having a field day with this one. All right, uh, here is the president when he was asked about classified material. Mr. President, okay. classified classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? <laughs> Let me, uh, look, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So but anyway, in a garage. yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, <laughs> but as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified materials seriously. Huh? We yeah. are living oh, in God. an episode of it, The Three Stooges. It's just amazing. It was in a locked garage. It was in a locked garage. They were locked up. Don't worry about it. He's killing gas production, which isn't working. That's being produced. But he's got a Corvette. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's electric. He might go royal no, no, family on that and electrify it. Oh, God. Know, like they oh. ruined an XKE. Oh. Have you seen the clip of him on Leno's show? Where no. He, uh, he took it out on the racetrack. Oh, God. Did he crash into anything? They didn't crash. No. Oh. no. <laughs> Merritt Bylander is now the new Klondike Kate. Yes, and I was asked this morning at home, why do Klondike Kates always have to be such big gals? Because that was the... That's the legend. That's they were perfect. the body saloon singers of the Gold Rush era. Exactly. Right on. Uh, the Stillwater native has been performing on stage since she was three years old. She entered the competition because of her admiration for the real Klondike Kate for her goal to put a smile on everyone's faces. Bylander said, my guiding mission is to let all women know that Kate is an all-encompassing, all-races, all-ages woman. Klondike Kate is all women, she said, and that can aspire anybody to be Kate. Anybody. I was it's hugged what? by a Klondike Kate <laughs> once. It's, you know and what? she was really perspiring. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, it, I came away damp. Oh, you just brought up what I wanted to say. I, I really want to be hugged by a client. Oh, it's Kate. fun. Yeah. She was, uh, was all it the state fair? Up. Why were we sweating so much? No, bad? during the carnival. She was really lathered up. Hmm. Awesome. George, uh, George well, let me Santos. Before, before we move on, let me just yeah. uh, let you know, because I did learn of something uh, going on for the uh, winter uh -huh. carnival. They're looking for uh, people who love to perform and entertain a crowd. If you enjoy being on stage and want to have fun, this is your event. You can compete for cash prizes in their new event this year, Vocal Interpretations, a lip-sync contest during the Winter Carnival this year. Compete to your favorite songs as a solo artist or a small group. 
It's going to be uh, preliminaries on January 26th, and if you're lucky, you'll move on to the final competition on January 29th. <laughs> Fantastic. Bring your family and friends to cheer you on as you lip sync the night away. Why are why, you promoting Why this? are you are you? What is in, this? We are got a guy that's up? in the uh, in the deal. In the no, business. I'm, I'm not in, but you could probably go Ooh. to wintercarnival.com to learn more about Who, Who's that. in oh. it that we know? You, you know. He was on. here signing, uh, having a Patrick signing a book the other day. Um, He's a real mayor. I think everybody oh. knows. Everybody knows yep. that the Winter Carnival is just a lame excuse for St. Paul to try to one up Minneapolis and the Aquitennial celebration. It's the just. Do we get any jealous this year? It's jealousy. Well, is it's what the it only is. reason the Aquitennial got created was because they felt so. Down uh, and out because I of the Winter Carnival. I think it's the other way around. Where'd you hide the You can believe no, that no, if you no, want. No, the Winter Carnival goes back to the 1800s. You, you go ahead and rewrite history the, there, uh, Biden. The started in about 1949 or yeah. 41 or something. Yeah, it's what still it? better. Yeah. No, that, no, it's not even remotely close. Where's that medallion at? I, I haven't hidden it yet. Okay. First place, the big yeah. prize? 100 bucks. For that singing thing, a yes. hundred bucks. You know, it's not the. Uh, Are you kidding? Not that carnival it used to be, but no. uh, what, do you, what do you get for the medallion? A hunk of cheese, a couple of Snicker bars, and a Coke. <laughs> wow! Uh, no expense. Uh, you get Jordan a hat. Judd. You get some kind of get hat. hat. Yeah. Scott yeah. Farkas hat. Yeah, you get one of those Elmer Fudd hats. And then you get the the scarf, one of the scarves oh. from Klondike Kate that she hands off to you oh. after she. Let's dance, kind of like Elvis. Oh, that'd be awesome. I'm now addicted to doing <laughs> those damn Hocus Pocus cartoons where uh, you got to find the six differences between the two panels. Oh, yeah. Oh, where the hell are those? I was looking. I couldn't find them. They're it. in the Pioneer Press every day on oh. the, oh, on the, the weather Pioneer page. Press. Yeah. I was looking in the Star Tribune. No, see, stories like They're not that classy are... enough to have Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I got or you. Hocus I Focus, or whatever it's called. Well, stories like that are the exact reason we're going to microchip you. <laughs> Just, Joe, that's good for your brain. Just it is, John. It. Thank yeah, you. It is good for your Thank brain. You. It helps you develop your I, brain. I can yeah. see you riding in the back of the train with the newspaper. Hey, anybody got a pen? <laughs> a pencil. I need a pencil. All right. What else you got, John? Uh, George Santos, the recently elected GOP congressman from New York, who's admitted to lying about parts of his resume, is now facing more backlash from his own party as a growing number of House Republican lawmakers are asking him to resign or saying he can't serve effectively, even as Speaker Kevin McCarthy stands by the embattled congressman. Santos has been defiant, pushing back on calls for him to resign, and House GOP leadership has not called for him to do so. Instead, McCarthy, Republican from California, has indicated he will not join demands from New York GOP leaders and others for Santos' resignation, and has indicated Santos is on track to still get committee assignments. Why? He can't House. take him seriously. I, well, McCarthy right. is. Well, McCarthy's a word i yeah. can't say don't don't say it yeah. don't you already say said it. it once right yeah. i'm not editing it again yeah. <laughs> uh i do like the uh television show yellowstone but uh this is this is getting a little ridiculous uh, city slickers folks who work at desks yeah like well, folks like me folks yeah. who've never never seen a horse or a cow in person right. they're starting to dress in extreme western fashion based on a show oh boy uh, on the show this is all from the wall street journal sure the rustic look is compelling and has inspired fans far from the Montana pastures where Yellowstone is filmed to dress like John Dutton, his daughter Beth, or the dark-hatted ranch foreman 
Rip Wheeler. Oh yeah, Rip. Rip. Yeah. Rip. Yeah. Rip. Gotta love Rip. Uh, yeah, Joe that's Martin. Fantastic news. That's it. Okay, I guess that's the end of that <laughs> yeah, story. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be. How, how do you do it, John? How do you seven, do it? seven or eight paragraphs. To go yeah, that's with. enough. That's fine. Okay. Let them put on their cowboy boots. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here, and you've heard me talk about my relationship with Josh Arnold for quite some time now, and the reason I advocate that you give Josh a call is simple. Well, actually, it's two reasons, trust and results. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions. As he says, past results do not guarantee future returns. While that is true, Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments, and you can trust Josh to make sure that you are not paying more in fees than you are selling in returns. Yes, that is more common than you would think. So do yourself a favor by booking a 48-minute free, yes, free consultation that has absolutely no obligation. Call Josh today at 952-925-5608. That number, once again, is 952-925-5608. You will be glad you did. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser. Positive, positive, positive Thursday brought to us by the busiest man in the whole wide world, Mike Schoonover and Schoonover Body Works there at 1060 County E. Uh, Mr. High Viz Vest is on the line. Hi, Mike. Where where you at? What you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of running around, so if I'm a little breathless, I apologize. Oh, well, uh, they broke ground, and I see they're pouring the footing uh, footings up in Shoreview, but then you've got all of that going on, plus... It might be the busiest winter you've ever seen in the body shop business. Plus, you just got some national pub for uh, playforpatrick.org, and I can't imagine there's a busier man on the planet than you, Mr. Schoonover. Where do we even oh, start? There's, there's a lot more people that are much, much busier than me. I'm just not very good at it. So, <laughs> no, we're, uh, we're, uh, it, was a, it was a good week. Uh, it's a good week. Uh, you know, um, when DeMar went down a week ago Monday, and, uh, you know, fortunately, he's looks like he's going to make a full recovery, which is great news. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, just the renewed interest of, or or not even renewed interest, I think it's just a matter of uh, people seeing for the first time what sudden cardiac arrest looks like on national television. And um, it's kind of a big deal, you know. I mean, yeah. heart-related deaths are, are the number one cause of death here, in, you know, in the world. And so... You know, it's uh, it was it was remarkable that that happened on national television at the time it did, and then uh, uh, just the awareness that it built, and it's so great that he's going to be okay. Play for Patrick. Um, I've been thinking we haven't talked uh, at all this week off the air. I'm thinking in my own mind that's got to go national, um, local, statewide, five state area. That's not good enough. I'm thinking Play for Patrick needs to go national. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, let's take it one step at a time here. Hope, you know what, Kenny, hopefully we, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll continue to do screens until, uh, the powers that be in the medical world, insurance world, and all those who make medical decisions and, and, uh, make medical policy step up and, and, uh, look at these kids or change the way that physicals are done so that, uh, that's... Uh, you, know, you know, parents got to pay attention to the blood pressure. That's the number one indicator of, of you know, heart issues. Yeah. Uh, so that can be done right now. But adding on to, uh, you know, sports physical of an of a EKG 
and an echocardiogram would be fantastic, but there's got to be a lot of conversations with a lot of people involved because it's not going to be free. It's not going to be cheap, right. um, but it does need to be done, and it's very important. Well, that's the obvi- uh, that's that's so obvious, uh, and it makes a guy wonder why it hadn't happened before earlier. That's amazing. Yeah. That that's a that's a, a dandy goal. I think that's something to shoot for. Yeah, and we just need you know I we need parents. We need you know people to speak up with their doctors, and you know I don't want to legislate. You know I, I'd prefer not to legislate things because you know what happens when legislation yeah. hits the fan, right? Uh, something else it's the fan but um but uh you know people should talk to their docs and just say we demand we need we need to see this they should tell their insurance company we need to see this and figure out a way that that it can be done because um it it should it should be automatic and can you look at these these kids that um you know obviously these young people who have heart issues undetected heart issues well they grow older and then they have heart issues and yeah. then it's too late so why not why not take the resources that we spend on end of life and take some of those resources and move them into uh, the younger years so we can identify these kids uh, and have them and help them live a longer and healthier life. That's absolutely brilliant. Meanwhile, it's 23 degrees and they're pouring concrete in Shoreview. Yeah, those guys are, those guys are BA. Holy (laughs) cow. They're cool to watch. They're fun to watch. Yeah. It's amazing. Fun to watch. Yeah, I think you're going to hit your goal. You're going to have that new uh, portion open this spring and uh, none too soon from how busy you guys are. Yeah, it'll be great. So um, it'll it'll be fantastic, and we appreciate all the support that the GLers have given us uh, over the years here. It's awesome. They are open during construction, so if you have an issue or if you have a need, and uh, we're talking anything auto-related. Call up Schoonover Body Works and Glass. 80 years, uh, way over, I should say, over 80 years now in Shoreview. Always rated as uh, one of the top shops in the metro. And the obvious choice for GLers, the official body shop of Garage Logic, SchoonoverBodyWorks.com. Me too. All right, I'm rolling. You can't make me. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Let's revisit Mary Moriarty. Yeah. The new Hennepin County attorney, and she wiped a case off the books the other day on a technical error committed by the prosecutor, and that freed a rapist, an alleged rapist. And we caught her some slack on this show. You Except Chris, yeah. Chris didn't. <laughs> None of this weed crap. <laughs> uh, this is a piece that was in today's paper by a guy named Joe Ritter, who was on the jury. Mm-hmm. And he said, I was a jury on the rape case dismissed last week and reported uh, January 10. I heard Friday afternoon that the case had been dismissed, which was both a relief and a distressingly abrupt end to a difficult experience. We had heard most of the prosecution's case, but none of the defense case. The prosecutor had behaved inappropriately, and it was necessary to remove her from the case. But I learned from Tuesday's article that it was actually a discretionary choice by the county attorney to dismiss the case rather than to proceed. The stated rationale for this decision does not match the reality of the situation, and the public deserves a better explanation from the county attorney. 
County Attorney Mary Moriarty said it is impossible to substitute a new attorney who is unfamiliar with the case. I assume she meant a new attorney who is sufficiently familiar with the case. Could another prosecutor have stepped in? The case was not complicated. It relied only on witness testimony that the rape actually took place, and if it did, that the defendant was the rapist. The evidence was not complex. There were only a few witnesses. We were asked during jury selection whether we recognized the names of witnesses, and that list was certainly not much longer than six names. Five had already testified. A further indication that the case was not complicated is that Judge Peter Cahill had told the jury that the case would likely conclude early this week. Perhaps it's because I'm not a lawyer, but it doesn't seem plausible that basic familiarity with the case would require more than a few hours of study. On Friday at this stage, on Friday afternoon, the county attorney had the following choice. Move for dismissal or continue the trial with the potential disadvantage of an underprepared prosecutor. She chose dismissal with one of two consequences. A, an innocent defendant is not formally acquitted and lives with an unjust cloud over his reputation, or B, a guilty defendant goes free. B. Had they proceeded with the case, the possible outcomes would have been different. C, a not guilty defendant is formally acquitted, or D, a guilty defendant goes to prison. From this standpoint of the public, those are unambiguously better than A and B. One of the worst possible outcomes would be conviction of an innocent defendant, but that seemed unlikely to be caused by an under that seems likely to be caused by an underprepared prosecutor. Yet the county attorney chose dismissal, saying this saying they would be unable to secure a conviction. A conviction may have been unlikely if indeed it was going to happen in the first place, but such a blanket statement is logically false, and the possibility that the rape of a 14-year-old goes unpunished weighs extremely heavily in the public interest. Mm -hmm. But no jury will judge the evidence now. The county attorney's statements don't seem to add up, and that is why I believe she owes the public a more complete and credible explanation for the decision. Joe Ritter, Minneapolis. That was very nicely done. We screwed up. We should have had your lawyer buddy on when we were discussing this mm -hmm. uh, because that was a pretty good piece today. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, Reavers, but you yes. didn't. No, well, here's what I'm going to say. Maybe you What were. I was attempting to say before I was so rudely cut off in the yeah. midst of trying to Rude. save yeah. my ass, right. which you do on occasion, yeah. all the time, ninety-nine times out of a hundred, it, it yeah. does save my ass. But what I was trying to say is, why couldn't in this specific case, why couldn't this attorney have been reprimanded after the case was over instead of during the case, therefore throwing out this potential conviction? I, I of actually rapist? think you did say that. I think Chris, we we probably just ignored you and. And I apologize for myself, Chris. Okay. Was there ever any discussion that this would affect an appeal? Or is yes. Appeal it was clear right away that this, yeah. if this was thrown out, this guy could not be tried again for this specific case. Yes. Okay. But I, and I, th I think I said something about perhaps there being uh, the judge throwing the case out or whatever uh, because of whatever. And I, I, I don't know anything about Mary Moriarty, except what I read publicly, and that has me conclude that she's ideologically corrupt. I don't know that she's humanly corrupt or criminally corrupt. But how could you draw she's, a different I, conclusion? She's corrosive ideologically, where she she will weigh in favor of the criminal. 
No. Why in this case, though? Why, why, why? Well, I was yeah, just going to get to that. I was going to get to that. Why? It, see, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm not going to accuse Mary Moriarty of going soft on a an alleged rapist of a 14 year old. And you know what? I'll so, do? so, so I'm going to be with the letter writer. Please give us a more thorough explanation of what you see what this you right here. I'll keep I don't, this. I'll I don't keep this see seat it. open for you. Yeah. So when you finally do come to this side, it'll <laughs> no, be nice I, and warm for you. The side I'm coming to is, uh, and this letter writer who was on the jury has a great point. Uh, I would like a, I would like a more thorough explanation of why you chose the path you did. Yeah. Okay. Because this poor 14 year old girl is never going to get justice for what happened to her. Right. right. So there's just one prosecutor sitting at the table. There's not a couple or a team. I doubt if there were more than one. I mean, they're busy. They got a lot of cases, and huh. she probably go what a public prosecutor, obviously, to prosecute it, and huh. and she uh, slipped a piece of paper that said venue, and then she told a lie about what was on the piece of paper. There's, I, I would imagine there would have been other ways Moriarty could have handled that. But we don't know because she won't tell us. Has that lawyer been fired yet? I don't know. Well, she was she being was, investigated, correct, John? Is that a fireable? Is it a fireable position? I don't know. I don't know. I she don't was know. removed from uh, any cases at the time, is what it yeah. said the other day. I, yeah. I honestly think, and I, this is not hyperbole. I honestly think what we need to do, <laughs> right. seriously, is we need to start keeping track. I mean, this is the first twelve days of her tenure. I volunteer. You keep track. <laughs> Only because they come to it. I agree. We should. Seriously, because Minneapolis is already in trouble. We'll be the only ones keeping track, though, as, as usual. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Umpumalanga, South Africa, from the traveling Lymans at Worldwide Waftage. It was on this day in 1816. You just still didn't say you're sorry. January 12th. I have nothing to be sorry for when it comes no, to you. What are you talking about? apologize. <laughs> right. Ever. He's been wrong. Willis A. Gorman was born in Flemingsburg, Kentucky. He would be appointed second territorial governor of Minnesota in 1853 and would later serve in the legislature, command the 1st Minnesota Volunteer, Volunteer Infantry Regiment in the Civil War, and be St. Paul's city attorney from 1869 until his death on May 20, 1876. Flemingsburg. <clears throat> on this day in 1840. Uh, January 12th. Governor James D. Doty of Wisconsin Territory. Uh, what did he do? That's <laughs> uh, too, got too much in parentheses. <laughs> on this day in 1876. One, one, two, two, two. I got it right today. One, the three, Minnesota Forestry three. Association was formed to work for the passage of conservation laws to protect the state's forests. At one time boasting 10,000 members, the association would prove so successful. How successful, How successful was, was it? Well, that state agencies and civic groups took on its activities, and in 1948, that group voted itself out of existence. God, you don't huh. tell me. On this day in 1888, what date is it? The 12th. Oh. A major blizzard struck the state, hitting western Minnesota especially hard and causing the deaths of between 150 and 150 people. Wow. Many of them children on their way home from school. Oh, why do you have to add that? This has been brought up on this show many times. Speaking of that, uh, Mitra Jalali, the councilwoman from 
Uh, I was uh, Walter made me privy to her a newsletter to constituents, yeah. and she said the plows have been busy removing fifty inches of snow from St. Paul Street. Hold on, Mitra. Oh. Fifty. Uh, we don't 50 know inches. that. Fifty inches. Uh-huh. Well, if you pile it all up, right, yeah. like it is right I now. I propose the city of St. Paul shovel the walks for the residents. <gasps> oh, on I, this day in 1913, <laughs> Alexandria T. Heine. Flies the first airplane over Minneapolis. And that's huh. it for this day in history. Heine? Heine, 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 H-E-I-N-E, how would you say it? H-E-I-N-E? Yeah. Heine. Okay. Like a Heine. bottom. I was a just going to mention quickly that I did post a cool video of snow removal in Montreal in a, in, in the inner city. Yeah. Very, very cool huh. how they la, do that. La neige? They pick la up the cars and move them. It's cool. Oh, that's ripe wow. with trouble. I don't. I don't know if it's an actual forklift or what the what it is. Well, how could they do that? They'd have to go car it's after a car, car lifter after car. upper. Yeah. Well, most it's people move their vehicles, upper. but those that were left oh, there oh, are then. It's not a free service. I bet. Probably. I would hope that. Thank they you, GLers. I would hope that they would move them the way they took my car. This car I brought to the scrapyard, the recycling it. place. I, I took the chains off it. It was on my flat bed. Guy comes up in a front end loader yesterday. with forks. Not on the show. Yeah, he did. No, off the yeah, air. I told you oh. off the air. Yeah. Uh, front end loader forks stabbed him through the window like it's a kebab. Picked oh that God. piece of crap up <laughs> and hauled it away. <laughs> what a cool job that would be. So awesome. Be very rewarding. Yes. Yeah. Therapeutic. Now, if they stabbed Rookie's car, what if they hit the part that didn't have the hole in the gas tank? Uh, it wouldn't explode. It's Goodbye! Taped it's taped up pretty good. Joe would like to go now. God. What time is it? Left. Time to write. It's 2.30. <laughs> Will you mention me in your column? No. Damn it. How about, how about all of us? No. You know, the old gang in Garage Logic, they sure are fun to listen to. And you can listen to them if you have found them on Pod Honest MM. Honest to God. Honest to God. <laughs> Honest to God. What does that mean? Honest to God. It means you're telling the truth. Okay. Who would you be dishonest to? Matt, hurry up. I'm sick of I just, you know, <laughs> some days I just want to curl up and just kick back and relax. You ever have those days? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever acted on that? Yep. So you got stabbed in the heart with a pencil. I think that's what I'm going to go do. Curl up, check out Pod Man, then I'm going to go subscribe to Garage Logic on YouTube, and then I'm going to go join the town council for a measly $10 a month or $100 for the year. I'd join the town council. Yes. And miss stuff Why like this. Coming apart. It is that time once again that we check in with Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold is on the line with us once again here in Garage Logic. And boy, now's the time for you to do the same. So do what I did pick up that phone and make that call for that free 48 minute financial consultation by dialing 952-925-5608. That number, once again, is 952-925-5608. You call that number and you get Josh. And you're always going to get straight talk. You are never going to get sugar-coated advice. And Josh is on the line with us here once again in Garage Logic. And Josh, it still remains all about the Fed. However, there are interesting developments in media. Correct, Chris. And I do believe the Federal Reserve, as we have been talking for a little over a year, seems to have a lot more impact or influence over the direction of the market. So that being the macro rather than what's going on in the micro, what's going on with individual companies. Though that could 
switch starting tomorrow as we start in earnest another earnings season. When I talk about the Federal Reserve and the impact, today came the December Consumer Price Index number coming out, and market watchers were looking for the, were estimating that the rate year over year would be about 6.5%. And sure enough, the estimates came in right on that number. Additionally, just on a month over month, the CPI increased 0.1% in, in December, which was in line with estimates. Core CPI, so that outside of food and energy, was 0.3, again in line. And year over year, the core CPI was up 5.7%, so that was a little bit below. So that seemed to be positive. A big impactor to that core CPI number was that used car prices, which had been a big pusher of the CPI index last year was down 8.8% year over year. And we've seen a leveling out in housing. So that could provide a little bit of chatter for the next Fed meeting, which comes at the end of January, the beginning of February. And my chatter will, will be whether the Fed will raise only 50 basis points or 25 basis points. Market strategist Peter Buckbar feels that the Federal Reserve is almost done raising rate, but that they will probably continue with maintaining their higher rate stance for a little bit longer. Steve Leisman, the economist that shows up on CNBC yesterday, said that high-frequency data suggests that the CPI number would be heading lower as the year progressed, and that would give the Fed a little bit more leeway to reduce the number of raises and even at some point stop raising. So the market overall could start climbing up even as earnings and sales slow down this year, given the effects of the Fed's tightening policy from last year. So it just takes a while for that to filter through the system. Another interesting statistic that I did pick up last night was the savings rate was now at a lowest point than it's been in several years. So that, again, could mean that the consumer may be forced to slow down spending or, has been the case, change their spending habits. Now, when it comes to changing spending habits, we'll throw that in with media. And we've seen over the past year streaming services, whether that be Disney+, Plus, Paramount+, Plus, Netflix, and the like, have slowed down, or I'll say subscriptions to streaming services have slowed down, and that has had an you know, adverse effect on the numerous media-related companies. And we've seen their stocks you know, continue to, to fall, whether it be you know, Netflix, uh, which has come down but had a little bit of recovery as it switched some of their focus to an ad-supported uh, subscription basis. But Netflix's earnings you know, aren't growing at the rate that they were. 
nor is their revenue growing at the rate that it once was. Netflix is carrying a pretty high price-to-earnings ratio, say a definite premium to the market, but an earnings growth rate definitely slowing down. Paramount stock has been cut almost in half this year. As much as I like Yellowstone and some of the other offerings on Paramount Plus, you know, I'm not running out for additional streaming services. And the same would be true for Warner Brothers Discovery. So there might be, you know, some consolidation in that area this year, but it's not something that you really want to hang your hat on. I'll come back to Disney because Disney stock is down significantly over the past year. And we've seen a change in, say, a change in upper management with former CEO Bob Iger replacing his name successor, Bob Chapek. And the stock acting initially positive to that. And we've had a new chairman of the board elected the other day, that being Mark Parker, former CEO of old favorite Nike. And now we have Nelson Peltz, an activist, pushing Disney to add some of his candidates to Disney's board, which could become very interesting situation going forward. Disney is off its low, but definitely, you know, at least we'll say at least more than a third under a high. Disney could be very interesting as a longer term investment, given its many facets, whether it be in streaming. And that seems to be how the stock has been viewed lately. What are the streaming subscribers? And that area has slowed down. But we have the streaming, we have all the movies entertainment. You have the theme parks. You have the cruise line. It is a potential, we'll say a potential gold mine. And with Bob Iger returning, a very strong chairman of the board in Mark Parker and an activist pushing for continued change, uh, there could be some profits there to be taken. Excellent advice, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now's the time for you to pick up that phone and make that call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by dialing 952-925-5608, where you're always going to get straight talk and you're never going to get sugar-coated advice. Josh, once again, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great day and a fantastic weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser.